Mac vs. Wild. <laughs> That's right. It's the first episode of Mac vs. Wild. We pit Jeff McNamara up against a wild animal. And this okay. week's competitor is a sun bear. You can find a them in the bear. tropical forests of Southeast Asia. It is the smallest bear standing at 28 inches at the shoulder and weighing 55 to 143 pounds. It is stockily, well, that's a wide range. It's stockily built with large paws, strongly curved claws, small rounded ears, and a short snout. Mac, do you think you could beat a sun bear? If I'm getting the smaller version, like the 55 pounder, probably. That's pretty small. The 140 pounder is probably beating me up. And bears can climb pretty well, too. So there's like no escaping them. Um, bears are, are quite fast and stocky. So I don't like my chances against any sort of bear. I mean, I, even the it, smallest bear. This is the, the smallest, smallest bear one, out I think, there. I think I'll take. Are you like seeing the, the screen version share? of the small? Yeah. I think the smallest version of the small bear I might be able to get. I don't like my odds. Now, you don't That's think that you can sure. grab this bear by its fruit by the foot tongue and maybe kind well, of yank it around that way. Maybe. It seems That's to be susceptible right there. Look at this thing right here. Yeah. Come on. No, well, the paws aren't too big either. So clearly this thing doesn't, I don't think it eats meat, does it? It does. But that tongue, it probably eats bugs, I'm well, assuming. I would assume that it eats ants. That'd be number one. But Yeah, then, so probably it probably doesn't eat any animals. It's so probably, you know what? I do like my chances. It's probably an omnivore. It. it probably eats both. Yeah, the uh, those claws probably are there to open up tree trunks and shit like that. So, oh, that, it really open up your close, rib cage. It's probably closely related to an ant eater. If it gets close to you, it could probably take your rib cage and just tear that open, right? Yeah, pretty good chance. Pretty good chance of that. I don't like my odds against this thing. So, what if it walks up to you with its tongue out? Do you like your chances then? No, because I'm not reaching down to grab down there. Like it, I grab its I, tongue. I, I think, I think the problem this bear will have. Is to morally wound me, it'll have to stand on its hind legs. Oh, look and if it, yeah, right once here. it does that, it sort of loses all of its mobility. <laughs> so now, now you can one to it, you know? Bam, bam. So you want it to stand up. I think that's best case scenario for me, yeah. I would have thought I would want it on its fours so you can just kick it in the head. I mean, that's how we're gonna start the fight. I'm I'm hoping to run land a flying knee, mm -hmm. you know, or a roundhouse right to the fucking the gullet of the thing. Yeah. But who knows? Because I would say go at it like a stone cold stunner. You want to kick I'd, it I'd first. I'd like to know so the, kind of like the lateral up. agility on this thing. If he's straight line speed, like darting in and out, then that's going to change everything too. So I don't like the limbs that, that on this animal. Slender, huh? I don't like the limbs on this thing. Right? It's not that intimidating. It's not that intimidating. The more I look at it, the more I'm sizing them up. My odds are going up. The percentage of me winning is yeah, going up. Yeah, you can see up. this guy down here. I mean, that's not bad. <laughs> well, that he'll be real mad, upset, real, real mad, very big upset about uh, this is tiny little wanker. One goo three, yeah! Mac and goo! Jaws three! Mac and goo! King of Queens! Mac and goo! Meryl Street! Mac goo! Entertainment! And that was Mac vs. Wild! I'm Goo! I'm Mac. And we're the Mac and Goo program. We bring you friendship. And uh, at a later date, if the Sun Bear does get me, this will be a brand new program. But uh, today we are bringing well, you Well, next Abbott. time it'll be a different animal. We're not going to fight a Sun Bear I'm every single if the time. If Sun Bear beats me, he can have my podcast. <laughs> Literally, goes, right? when you step into the thing with the Sun Bear, you say, all right. And I think maybe the environment Pink does on matter. The line. It'd have to be like a big empty pit, right? It wouldn't be in the forest. So... 
Yeah, I'm not going to the rainforest to fight this fucking thing. But at the same time, if you're well, in the rainforest, neither would it. there's it's a lot from of cover. Asia. It wouldn't go to the rainforest either. There's no rainforest in Asia? Is there? I thought there's only one. Pretty sure there is. Is there? You're just thinking of like the Amazon is what you're thinking of. Yeah, that's of. what I'm thinking of. A rainforest is like a climate that's found all over the world near the equator. Hey, you know what? We all, we all learn new things in Macros World! <laughs> <laughs> Uh, today, we're going to be talking about the newest Judd Apatow film, The King of Staten Island, starring Pete Davidson of SNL fame. And I'll tell you what, Q, I really, really liked the movie. I enjoyed it quite a bit. It's not the best Judd Apatow movie, mm-hmm. not nearly the worst. You know what? When I was watching it, I said, I find this kind of boring and I don't love it, but I think Mac is really going to like it. That was my mm. first thought after okay, two yeah. and a half hours of viewing. I did really like it, and uh, it was. It's not a typical Apatow film because the, no. the typical Apatow films are are sort of uh, outlandish mm-hmm. in a, in a sense. At least that's what his well, comedies so, are, are known to be. Uh, but he's sort of evolved, and he's making more of so, these types of movies. Although this movie is more real when it comes to like mental health and stuff, which I think they actually could have gone deeper into, but it was more cookie cutter of like a slapstick type of comedy where it's this stepson with the new stepdad and the mom has a falling out. I don't really want to do any spoiling stuff, but like it kind of did have more of that comic movie slapstick cookie cutter feel to it where you kind of I don't really I don't think that's a fair assessment because most of those movies have like a definitive end and in this movie you're left uh, with the characters at certain points. They don't put an, an end on it, you know? Well, they kind of really do. like the way they finished it. No, besides one story, besides one story, they all kind of have a capper on it. No, not really. Not really. It's pretty open-ended. Mm. <laughs> so it's not cookie cutter at all. No, it is. It's not. We'll get it's a little unlike spoiler, most of the other Apatow films. It's just like Cyrus, which is another Marissa Tomei movie where Jonah yeah. Hill is her son. John it's C. Riley like is her new boyfriend, and they start fighting the entire time. It's almost the exact it's, same thing. It's not at all like that. You haven't just seen has, Cyrus. You've never just seen Cyrus. Because it has those things in common, does not make it the same movie. It has a very similar storyline, one that we've seen many it times. It has one main plot point that's the same. That's it. Yeah. Mom that's a gets huge a new po- boyfriend. That's, yes. a, that's a super common thing that happens all, all over the world every day. And then it has that really crazy, stupid love middle where you have that big. It's a very. I don't want to spoil stuff. Let's do yeah, the- I think you're just you're way off on that assessment. I thought coming in it was going to be classic Apatow formula, but it was actually a little slow at the beginning. And once we get into it, it it's pretty nonstop about 45 minutes to an hour in that last hour and a half. I thought was really, really good. I agree with you. After you have that part in the middle with that peak there and it comes down from there, the emotional second half of it. I really enjoyed it. That's okay. what I enjoyed. OK. All right. Well, Let's start this off in classic Mac and Goo fashion. Let me give you the rundown of the film. The King of Staten Island is a rated R comedy and drama with a runtime of 136 minutes, two hours and 16 minutes for you dummies that can't do math. I can't. Uh, Rotten Tomato score currently 71% from the critics, 90% from the audience. Uh, the Metacritic score is a very nice 69. Nice. This movie is written by Pete Davidson, who's the main star, Judd Apatow and Dave Cyrus. Um, ah, do you know Dave another Cyrus? Another link. The guy's name yeah, is Dave SNL. Cyrus. He's an SNL writer. And the movie uh, Cyrus. I don't know. Pulls do right you from know, Do you know many of his No. I don't skits? know anything. I don't really know anything about him. Uh, and of course, this movie is directed by Judd Apatow. Yeah. Synopsis. Scott has been a case of arrested development since his firefighter dad died. He spends his day smoking weed and dreaming of being a tattoo artist until events force him to grapple with his grief 
and take his first steps forward in life. Pretty succinct synopsis. That's pretty much what the movie is. This movie stars Pete Davidson as Scott Carlin. Um, just as an FY, his dad, his real life dad's name yeah. was Scott. Uh, his family members in this movie are played by Marissa Tomei. She's the mother, Margie. His sister is played by Judd Apatow's oldest daughter, Maude Apatow. She plays Claire Carlin. Uh, his friend group is played by Belle Powley. She's Kelsey, the kind of love interests here. Belle Powell, uh, Ricky Velez. <laughs> Ricky Velez is Oscar. Lou Wilson as Richie. Moises Arias as Igor. And Carly Aquilino as Tara. He actually used to date Carly Aquilino in real life. She's oh. the uh, redheaded girl from uh, Girl Code. They used to be on MTV, too, right or whatever. Out. Some other people, we had uh, Kevin Corgan as Joe. You might not recognize Kevin Corgan's name, but when you see him, you know exactly who he is. Bill Burr plays Ray Bishop, who is the boyfriend of the mother in this movie. His kids are played by Luke David Blum, Harold, and Alexa Ray Forlenza is Kelly, the daughter. Uh, and then the last one here, Pamela Adlon plays Gina, Ray's ex-wife. Mm -hmm. So those are really the main players. And I really, really liked how well established every single character in this movie was his friend group not so much but no. you just got that they were shitbags yeah but all the other characters are pretty well thought out and really well written i thought the two best that weren't pete davidson or bill burr was uh maude apatow as a sister i really liked what she brought to it yeah and i loved the girlfriend kelsey I, bell Powell. she was my favorite I character she in the movie incredible yeah, I thought so she was, she was really, my favorite. Really good. So you mentioned outside of Bill Burr. I think Bill Burr was really good in this. You know, the last time we saw Burr was in um, The Mandalorian, yep. and he was just okay in that. And he was, I thought he was phenomenal. I thought in, in that he was just kind of Bill Burr. He was, yeah. he wasn't playing yep. a character. He was just Bill pretty, Burr. Pretty one note. I thought that they asked him to do things that they ask real actors to do in this movie, and yep. I thought he crushed it. I thought he was really, really good at I it. I agree. Uh, on the flip side, Pete Davidson was asked to do some things that I don't think he did really well. I so, think he was able to show emotion pretty mm -hmm. well, but when they asked him to just do like a normal everyday scene, I didn't think he was great. No, so I think this might be my biggest issue with the movie. The main character, I think, is the weakest link out of everyone in it, out of everyone in the cast. Yeah, I agree with you, but I, I also wouldn't say he was bad either. I don't think I he was terrible. For like and, a first time like I said, motion picture performance, I thought it was pretty decent. I think in the second half of the movie, he's better than in the first half. I agree. And when, I understand when they're just kind of fucking around as friends. I also it's, understand it's great. that in the first half of the movie, he's supposed to come off as unlikable, but he comes off to me as just very off-putting, and it's very tough to root for him even in the second half of the movie. Yeah, I don't agree with that because I feel like there's so many kids and so many young adults that are in that situation that he's put in, and they sort of deal with it like that sometimes. And I thought it was a very accurate depiction of how that goes, you know, uh, especially for someone that actually lost a parent. Yeah. I felt like obviously it's based on, you know, a bit of Pete Davidson's real life and it's probably weird kind of playing yourself. But I thought when he was asked to show emotion, he did a really good job of, you know, kind of coming unhinged. But when he was just like just hanging out, being a dude, it wasn't that believable. That felt very like all of his lines felt like they were written down, like they didn't feel fluent at all. Right. But I, I thought where you could point to him having true acting ability as his scenes with the two young kids i thought he was great acting mm -hmm. with those kids yeah, they were back bad. and forth there yeah. and obviously he's not getting much help from the kids so i thought he did a really good job there and that shows even just that little bit i think is enough for me to believe in pete davidson going forward he's got a long way to go to be a great actor but i think he has the ability in him and again he's still young do you think Most he's actors have... don't make it until they're in their 30s pete davidson's 26 years old do you think he'll have an issue if he's not playing someone like himself like if they ask no. him to don't play the stoner kid 
Do you think he could possibly do that? Yeah, I think he'll have a better chance of doing that because I, I think he's going to have trouble with the more nuanced stuff. Mm -hmm. So if you're acting him, if you're telling him to be like a real one note character, I think he's going to be able to do it. I'll be interested to see what he does going forward here. But yeah, I thought he was decent. But like you said, he was definitely the worst of those main yeah. main players that, that we listed there. But that said, because the rest of the cast was so good, you didn't really like it didn't bring the movie down to me. But it was something I noticed. There's also one point in the movie where Marissa Tomei's character kind of like flipped into something that she wasn't in the beginning of the movie. Mm -hmm. And I was kind of questioning like how she went from this to this so quickly, kind of giving up on everything in the past. Yeah, I don't think it was so quickly. So there are a couple spots in this movie where there's a small time jump and they don't really tell you. You just kind of yeah. have to infer. Mm -hmm. And I think that's played into it there. So when she makes that character change... I think that's like a two or three month thing that we don't really see. Um, but I do understand what you're saying, where the scene we saw her in previously, she was a completely different character than in that scene in particular. But again, I think it did a really good job of depicting real human emotion because it is a very real story and partially true story. Mm -hmm. And that was especially true with Maud. I thought Maud Apatow in her conversations, even just the phone conversations, I thought she did a great job, like actually coming across as caring for Pete Davidson's So I character. think what you just said perfectly is the real human emotion in this movie. And what Pete Davidson's character lacks is real human dialogue. Mm, okay. And I think okay, that... Okay, yeah, might, yeah. I see what you're saying. What he says doesn't sound like something that a real person would say. Yeah, but it does sound like something Pete Davidson would say. And so you're kind of walking that line like, okay, is he playing himself or is this supposed to be a character that's supposed to be mm -hmm. like more normal of a human? And so uh, I think you could go either way on that, whether yeah. you like it or, or dislike it. I felt like in general, this was more different than most of your Apatow flicks because it's not a straight up comedy. Comedy isn't the number one. Although I would it's say with Apatow, even over the past like seven or eight years, he's really moved away from just the straight comedy stuff. It's true. He has evolved. But when you think classic It's kind of disappointing because I love his straight comedy. comedies. I love I his... know, but everyone kind of runs know, out of that. I you know. know. So I'm glad he's evolved. He had that five or six year span where it was all Just grand incredible. slams. Bases were I mean, loaded every single time, and he was knocking it out of the park. We'll get to the Apatow, the list of Apatow movies after, yeah. but he's got like we got two new segments coming out, baby. Great. Two new segments. <laughs> so this was more just straight drama with doses of comedy in. Yeah. And I actually laughed out loud several times. I did. I wouldn't say the movie is hilarious, but it's definitely a funny movie. I think Burr made me laugh a couple times. I don't think Davidson made me laugh once. Mm, see, he made me laugh a okay. few times for sure. So and his small little friend Igor made me laugh like Igor three or was four funny. Times too. Yeah, he was pretty good. Mm -hmm. uh, so, like, like I said, Davidson was decent. The supporting cast was tremendous. I don't think anyone's going to come away here, even if you love Davidson. I don't think you're going to come away thinking he was amazing. It was just too obvious where he couldn't do certain things. But again, I think he did enough to sort of warrant us having some faith going forward. But ultimately, I think what plays up here is even though it is a heavy Davidson movie, all the other characters get enough screen time so that you can sort of ignore his shortcomings, at least for me. The couple things I didn't like, which knock it down some dogs, I thought the pharmacy robbery, as funny as it was, was kind of dumb. Like, I didn't need that. Like, you could have done just as friends were dealing weed in the corner they got arrested or something like that. Like, I, I thought it was a little bit over the top in a movie that doesn't really have over top stuff. So that stood out a little bit for mm -hmm. me. And I felt like there were a couple stretches that drag, especially it's an Apatow movie, so you're sort of expecting at least one. In this one, I felt like the beginning dragged more but than, say, the middle I also or the thought, third act. So, like, let's say the third act, right? 
where yeah. someone might look at that and say, oh, this is dragging along. This isn't very funny. And it wasn't the funniest part of the movie at all. But I liked the camaraderie that they had in the third act of the movie. Yeah. And I really liked how after you sort of have the falling out action, how Burr and Davidson are sort of at the exact same point. So then them sort of combining and figuring each other out and trying mm -hmm. to, you know, uh, move along there. I, I really enjoyed that. I also I just really enjoyed the way the characters mm -hmm. changed in this movie. You know what I mean? Like a lot of times you watch a movie and every character is the same the whole way through. Mm -hmm. And I think that points to weak writing. I think what shows good writing is these characters change from the beginning to the end. And I think you could point to especially Burr and, and Davidson and even actually Marissa Tomei. Those three main players changed completely by the end. I also really enjoyed once again after that second act Steve Buscemi in the third act, because mm. I think the first scene that you see of him at the ballpark, it looked like he was just going to be a generic firefighter character, and I thought he added a lot to the end of the story. You know, I don't know New York City firefighting. I obviously know what I know, and, and so I don't know how accurate I know what I know that is. Uh, we've seen Rescue Me. You know, we've seen shows like that, but there are a lot of guys that have come on hard times and you know in their life that are firefighters Mac, and have slept at firehouses. How real is Rescue Me? Are you constantly <laughs> banging chicks? It hasn't happened to me yet. Dennis so Leary it's... in that show, every single night, at least three chicks. If the chick was hot on the show, he banged her. I was uh, Even if they the weren't, he's like, there. yeah, you know what? I'm, I'm banging everything. <laughs> yeah, fuck it. I'm in. But that's a very real thing where, I mean, civil servants Dennis don't make Leary, a lot of money. Right. Yeah. Dennis Leary's a real <laughs> thing. I know. Civil servants don't make a lot of money, whether you're a cop, firefighter, teacher, whatever it is. Yeah. And so sometimes they come by hard times, especially if they go through a divorce. So I really liked that Burr was basically living at the firehouse and like his brethren and sisters were just like accepting it. You know, they're not going to kick him out. He's there. That's all he's got. Yep. That was his family. Mm -hmm. And he, you could see um, he was even closer with them than he was his own kids, which is like an interesting little note though, but he's trying, yep. you know, he's trying to be a good dad. He's trying to do all the, all the right things, but he's a flawed character too. Mac, what a run through the gauntlet. The first time we're going to do this in a while. Ooh, okay. Ooh. Yeah. Fun factor. So fun factor. There, there was a lot of fun in this movie, but if you compare it to the best Apatow movies, it's like average, I guess. And I didn't have meter rating. I didn't have that much fun because I think the stuff that they thought was their knockout of the park funny stuff might have been their worst stuff. Okay. So I when it comes, so we'll when it comes to, to like Davidson's jokes or uh, robbing the pharmacy. I liked the smaller stuff when it came to Burr. The stuff with the girlfriend was all really funny. Yeah. That was kind of off to the side compared to, you know, the main star of the movie not being that fun for me. I thought the funniest moment of the whole movie was when Robert Smigel, who played the pharmacist, screamed like, not a Moskowitz's watch or whatever his line was. That fucking cracked me up. Um, but then it, the fact that there was like a shootout was like, I was like, all right, what are we doing here? Like, we don't we don't really need this. And, of course, for 20 points, what is Robert Smigel's best role ever? Oh, whatever my answer is, it's not going to be what you're looking for. The answer is on Curb Your Enthusiasm when he played softball. <laughs> that is easily Smigel's best work. All right, that's a good call. That's the best thing. <laughs> Look, the comic dog, great. He's yeah, good. Yeah. But Smigel on Curb, that one episode? Might yep. be the best thing ever. Very good call. Yes. Very good call. Satisfactor. Were you satisfied? I found myself very satisfied at the end to the point where I kind of wanted to rewatch the movie. Yeah. Now, I don't know if that's due to a lack of movies this year, but I think I'm going to end up rewatching this movie in the next couple of days. I, I really liked it, and mm -hmm. I want to go back and sort of 
I watched it a little late night. I wasn't falling asleep, but I kind of want to pay a little more attention yeah. to the first hour or so and see if it's better than I thought it was because I thought the weakest part was in that first hour. I think you'll think it's still the weakest part. Okay. I was satisfied by the end of the movie just because of the third act. I did think that yeah. it was very, very long, and they could have told that story in a half an hour less, maybe. Okay. Maybe got a little bit more into Pete Davidson's character's mental instability. They kind of only touched the surface of it. Like if it was an iceberg, they really just touched that little bit at the top. But there's probably yeah, but a I, lot more underneath. I, I also think they didn't want to go down a path and try to make it this some fucking, you know, snooty art film where they're talking about mental health the whole time. At the end of the day, it's still a Judd Apatow movie where there's some rom and there's some calm and there's some drama. I don't think you wanted to get too much into the drama. Borometer. Was the movie boring? This movie definitely ticks. But like we said, a, with it's a small hair, a little bit. But even in bit. Apatow's best movies, there's weird stretches that are like, wait, why why are we doing this? Like there even, always seems to be even at in the forty year old virgin, which is yeah. I think my favorite Apatow movie, maybe. We'll get to that in a second. There's mm -hmm. that ten minute stretch where you're just saying, wait a second. How do we get here? What is this? Yeah, pretty much every Apatow movie, especially when he's more hands-on, has a solid 10 minutes that you're like, we didn't need this. This is too much. Where or I, I think, don't know what he's doing here. I think in this movie, there was 10 minutes in each act that they could have cut. So I think you can cut 10 in the first act and maybe five in the third act. But I felt like, so it was actually two hours and 15 minutes. If this was two hours, it would have been perfect length. Aquator. Is this movie above Aquaman? It is. It's definitely different. I'll say that much. Yeah, Aquaman's sure. way more real. <laughs> pants Tent City. This movie, um, it's not a type of movie that would give you Pants Tents. No, but I did have a, a good feeling at the end of it. You know, I was very pleased. This kind of goes back into Satisfactor with where the characters end up. Yeah. And so I didn't get a Pants Tent, but, you know, I might have might have been crawling up there. You know, I was starting to set up the tent. Is that what your penis does? It crawls? Yeah, it crawls. It unfurls like this. <laughs> it's kind of like that bear's tongue. It's the fruit <laughs> by the foot. That actually was me as the sun bear. <laughs> that was little, actually me. Little tiny penis. That was actually me opening my legs. <laughs> it's like a lick a tongue. Hot dog. <laughs> no, it's not hot dogs yet. Halloween. Mac, will this movie go down over time for you? And I mean, most um, comedies do. Yeah, most comedies do. Yeah. Most Apatow movies do. Yeah. That said, I do want to watch it again. So at the moment, there's no there's no weaning. There's yeah. no weaning. There's no waning. There's no none of that over I here. I mean, I think personally, it's pretty much a pick and stick for me. It might get a little better in the future, but I think personally, it's right where it is. It's good. It's okay. Yep. All right. Hot dog, hot dog, hot dog, hot diggity, diggity dog. dog. Thanks, Norris the Terrible. Your voice sounds great. <laughs> For those of you tardy to the Mac and Goop party, we rate everything on a 40 hot dog rating system. Mac, what do you got for a hot dog score? So I sat on this one for a couple of days now, and it was really hard for me to rate because we haven't reviewed a movie like this in a while. Um, so we're just used to doing sort of comic book movies. And so weighing that against this is tough. But I felt like ultimately the core of this movie is classic Apatow. It's all the right notes you hope to hit in a drama and a comedy. And it wasn't downright hilarious, but there definitely were laugh out loud moments. And I think ultimately the best Apatow scripts are the ones that hit the right notes dramatically underneath the comedy. Yeah. And this one does. This one does hit all those notes. And the characters were super relatable, whether you're from Staten Island or not. They're just real human emotion stories there. 
if you look at like Apatow's recent track record, especially what he's directed, Trainwreck was a little too ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Wasn't really set in a real world because I With just felt like we had. We've never talked about Trainwreck, but the dialogue that LeBron James says in that movie sounds so fake. It sounds yeah, like something and, that and, no and one would ever say. Just the fact say. that he's in it like felt kind of ridiculous, and with Cena and stuff too. So that was like a little too ridiculous. And then even if you go to the the two classic ones that we all love, Forty Year Old Virgin and Knocked Up, they're like barely set in reality. You know, those <laughs> characters aren't very real. And so it's Pineapple tough Express to is pretty movie. real. <laughs> it's tough to rate this movie against those. And knowing what we know about the other Aptown movies, I thought this was the best third act out of any of the Aptown movies. You know what? This one has that's the best actually third act. that's a really good point. That this might be the first Aptown movie where the third act is the strongest act of the movie. Yeah, I agree with you. We'll try to think about that a little more when we get to the Aptown. No, movies. I'm done thinking about it. That's it. <laughs> uh, so I really like the resolution uh, with all of the characters in this movie, and. This had a, a bit of a big sick feel to me. I, I, a lot of us have seen the big sick by now, the, the Kumail movie. And that was also based in reality. And so maybe that's why I'm getting that feeling from it. But that was a drama with doses of comedy as well. I felt like this is, I'm not gonna say a poor man's version of that movie, Yeah, but it was in that same vein, just not as good. So I um, think the big I sick was a little more nuanced say, with the big sick Kumail Nanjiani, I think is, Far funnier than what Pete Davidson is. And also, funnier I think and just he's, a, a better he's a better actor. actor, too. Yeah, yeah. And they're and both so, like, telling their story. They're both playing themselves. That said, The Big Sick was like a 39-dog movie. I me. love The Big Sick. And so this being, you know, maybe 80% of that is a really fucking good thing. Uh, so for me, I have this at 35 hot dogs. Okay. Borderline great movie. By the way, your I math really, and your percentages really didn't it. make any sense right there. No. Well, if, I mean, if The Big Sick is at 39... And if yep. this is eighty percent of that, <laughs> I'm gonna give it thirty-five. Don't you worry. I'm gonna about give that. it ninety-two percent of that. that. <laughs> I took four dogs away for being almost like the big sick. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I I took the dogs away for the main lull in the uh, the first act. Yeah, I'll take two away for Davidson being not that great, and I'll take one for the lull in the second third act there. Uh, but again, I just really really enjoyed the movie, mm-hmm. and I I recommend it to everyone. I think that this movie can. Everyone can find something in this movie they might attach to just on the human stories alone, never mind from the the comedy of mm-hmm. it. So I liked Burr. I liked Tomei. I liked the girlfriend. I liked the sister. I just really didn't like Pete Davidson in this movie. And okay. he is the main star of the movie. He was in every single scene. I didn't find him funny. I didn't find him likable. I found him selfish. Obviously, that's what his character is. You can't really do anything about that in general. But I thought that his character was super annoying and although he does learn a life lesson by the end, I'm not sure if I think that I like the third act, not because it's that character learning a lesson. It's more of the firehouse is taking in a kid who lost his father, who was a firefighter. So it has more to do with that. Than it has them like an taking, overarching yeah. thing that Davidson's just involved. With. Yeah. Then then taking in that specific guy. Yeah. I hear what you're saying. Yeah. So I thought the movie was a bit too long. I thought the movie went a ton of stretches of being very, very boring, not cracking many jokes. And when they did crack a joke, I didn't really find it very funny. I have it around a 28 and then you could possibly push it to a 30, but yikes, I didn't like it that much. Dude, you gave bad boys for life 30. Yep. Wow. I mean, that's where you're at in life. Big Willie style is an enjoyable human being. Not in that movie. Sure. Yeah, he was, he got shot. 
found a way to walk again. I mean, that movie's not good. This one was. Yeah. Very similar. <laughs> no, not yeah. at all. Mm-hmm. Not at all. Give me give me your rundown of 2020 movies. Where does this fall now? Oh, I don't have it up right now, but it would fall like you right want me in to the do middle. mine while you pull yours up? It'd fall. Yeah, go right ahead. It would fall right in the middle. So this is the ninth movie of 2020 I've seen this year, and this comes in at number two for me. Now, it's only the second, I would say, great movie of the year. I have Sonic at number nine, Spencer Confidential at eight, Bad Boys for Life at number seven, Birds of Prey at number six, The Hunt at five, Onward at four, The Lovebirds at three, The King of Staten Island at number two, and The Invisible Man number one. There's like, again, we're in a weird spot, but I feel like there's only four movies on the year, Invisible Man, King of Staten Island, Lovebirds, and Onward, that I'm actually going to like want to tell people to watch. You know what I mean? Like every other one is like take it or leave it, but those four, the Mount Rushmore of good of 2020. Are we counting The Last Dance? No. But it's on letterbox.com, so we're not counting it. No. All right, so this would be like number seven then? What is it between? What's the one above and below it? It's between Extraction and To All the Boys I've Loved. P.S. I Still Love You. Haven't seen either of those two, so that doesn't help me at all. Okay, well, Bad Boys and Extraction are tied. So it's below Lovebirds. It's below uh, Onward. I still like Birds of Prey yeah, more. I don't agree. I don't agree. And then Invisible Man is the best. Although I think I like more Apatow movies than you do. So maybe that's. I where think we're I like here. different Apatow movies than you do. Maybe, yeah. All right. So I say watch it. Goose says not watch it, I guess. No, I say watch it because what else are you going to do right now? What else do you have to watch right now? I just twenty eight is that's. Are you going to watch? I mean, you're going to watch Friends I mean, I'm again? I'm a little upset with you. I'm you're a little gonna, upset with you. You're going to watch The Big Bang Theory right now? By the way, I did Never. some research the Never. other day. You know that HBO Max spent over one billion dollars on Friends and The Big Bang Theory. Yeah, they spent a lot of money because those are the ones. Those are the time passers where people are going to put on all the time. That's insane. By though. the way, they just rebranded. So oh, there was say? like four HBO things. Yeah. And so now they're just going to have HBO, HBO Max. Yeah. And then I think HBO Go. I talked about this a few weeks ago, how confusing it was that they had so many apps. So they're changing some of their apps. We can talk a little bit more about that on News Dump. Oh, News Dump. I love News Dump. Because yeah, I was uh, I was watching Mad Men and uh, Netflix took it off. Literally, middle of my watch. I mean, good. Mad Men stinks. So Well, it's going to sell for about $100 million somewhere. So That's unfortunate. Well, classic stuff, Mac. Want to do a couple quick spoilers here or no? I just had a couple notes that I thought might have been spoilerish. Yeah, let's do that real quick. Spoilers, spoilers, okay. spoilers, spoilers. Now, this isn't going to ruin any resolution of the movie at all, but the female waitress who kept popping in when shit was going around wrong at the restaurant fucking killed me every time. She'd pop in and like look up at Davidson. Uh, every single comment she made was fucking laugh out loud funny. And then there was a moment in the movie where I thought, Davidson's character Scott was gonna fuck Burr's ex-wife. And I was like, oh, what are we doing here? This is getting real like lifetimey. And that didn't happen. So that's good. But I was like, where are they going right here? Is this mm-hmm. gonna like is this gonna am I gonna see nudite? But no. <laughs> now the fight in the movie between Burr and Davidson. Uh-huh. I didn't see a reason for Tomei to throw Burr out at that point. Well, Burr, a lot of people are protective of their kids. I know, but Burr wasn't really fighting him. Like, if Burr wanted to fight him, he would have beat the shit out of him. <laughs> but this is also after, you know, Burr was restraining himself. He was just, Davidson was the one that freaking out. He kissed him on the forehead. But Tomei had also just been told all that shit about Burr. So she's still dealing with that. So I think she just wanted space type mm-hmm. of thing. That's and then, of course, was. the scene that we were talking about earlier is when Davidson showed back up at the house 
she just kind of pushed him out and she kind of, she was very loud. She wasn't, she didn't feel like the same character to me. That was, yeah, it felt like she was just had been wine drunk for two months with the aunt joy there. And so I kind of liked it, but it was, it was a little off putting for the character. So Mac, we're going to move on to the best Jude Apatow movies or ranked Jude Apatow movies. Do you want me to go first or you to go first? So how do you want to start? Do you want to start with the bad movies and work our way up? Or do so we just want to talk about We're doing two ones? different things here. Okay. Do you want to go with your segment first or my segment first? I don't really care. I don't care what we do. All right. Let's go with your segment first, then. The Tears of a Clown. The Tears of a Clown. I like that sound, uh, that song a lot. Yeah. So I have 29 movies here that I have seen that are Judd Apatow movies. Now, that means... He has written it, directed it, or he produced it. Now, he's only actually directed five movies, yep. six movies now. Mm-hmm. The 40-Year-Old Virgin knocked up Funny People. This is 40 and Trainwreck. This is now the sixth. But he was the screenwriter on Heavyweights, yep. Celtic Pride, Fun with Dick and Jane, Walk Hard, The Dewey Cox Story. You love that one. I do love Forgetting that one. Getting Sarah Marshall, and You Don't Mess with the Zohan. And he produced. <laughs> now, Apatow Studios or whatever has produced other movies, but he was actually in production credits on The Cable Guy, Anchorman, Kicking and Screaming, Talladega Nights, Superbad, Drillbit, Taylor, Step Brothers, Pineapple Express, Year One, Get Him to the Greek, Bridesmaids, Wanderlust, The Five-Year Engagement, Anchorman 2, uh, Begin Again, which I've never heard of, Pee-Wee's Big Holiday, Pop Star Never Stop, Never Stopping, mm-hmm. The Big Sick, and Juliet Naked. Yeah. The problem with Pop Star Never Stop, Never Stop, Never Stopping is the funniest thing about it is the title of the movie. No, the entire movie is funny. That no. is an Antonelli favorite. When I say Antonelli, I mean my household, me and my wife, just watch it constantly. All right. We love it. So I think the all-time great Apatow movies of the ones I just listed, I think I listed 31. I've seen 29 of them. Uh, The all-timers to me, the ones that like I feel like I should own, or if someone asks me, your rapper reaction, like, oh, that movie's incredible. Do you think his best talent is finding talent? Like knowing who to hitch his wagon to? Well, I mean, like, look at the 40-year-old virgin. That's a movie that Steve Carell already wrote. And he found him. He's like, let's make this movie. Well, no, he got Steve Carell from working on Anchorman. Though. Yeah. And so, so talking he, to him and then they figure out what the next movie is. I mean, I think you can recognize talent. He's not finding talent, though. Yeah, that's still Steve a huge Carell's talent. already in look Anchorman at, and The Office. Look at DJ Khaled. <laughs> he's the DJ well, Khaled of movies. So they should open I think all the, the movies with that. The, <laughs> the all-time greats for the Apatow films. Heavyweights. Wait, wait, hold I up. think it's just. The tears of a Go ahead. Heavyweights, which he wrote, yeah. I believe. Is mm-hmm. that right? It's so good. Heavyweights I is agree. so, so good. And with an uncredited Ben Stiller, which blows my mind. I don't know He's why. He's the he main star of the that. movie. It's unbelievable. Yeah. It's unbelievable. Let's go, you devil log. <laughs> Step on the scale. Hop off the scale. Step off the scale. <laughs> Tony Perkis is one of my favorite characters of all time. It's so good. Mm-hmm. So good. And then we have the the Will Ferrell ones. You have Anchorman and Step Brothers, yeah. which if you just made my list of greatest comedies of all time, those two are very clearly in the top five. And then we got 40 year old virgin, super bad knocked up. I think are three that were right in that mid two thousands era that like we grew up with and mm-hmm. everyone we know loves those movies. Yeah. And then I have another one on there. The most recent one is the big sick. I think the big sick belongs to those movies. The big sick is a fucking phenomenal movie. Now the King of Staten Island does not belong in that tier. No. What it does belong in is this next tier. Talladega Nights. Go ahead. <laughs> Talladega Nights is pretty good, but I don't think it's great. 
I no, would, and I, I would even say I don't well, even know. I would what say the, it's like a great movie, but it's not an all time. I don't know if it you know even belongs I mean? in this tier. I think that the okay. performances of Ricky Bobby and then of John C. Riley. There are parts of them that are really, really funny. It's but too quotable for me to put any lower. The second half of this movie, I can't tell you what happens. It gets a little tough. There's a huge lull in it. Like The first but hour of the movie said, is insanely quotable. It's as quotable yeah, as any. I agree. So it has to go here. Pineapple Express, I feel, is really uneven. The funniest shit in Pineapple Express is amazing. Yeah. But I also feel like the last like 25 minutes of Pineapple Express, I don't give a fuck about. Mm-hmm. I don't care about Whereas, that whole and shit i love the final 25 minutes because they said we're putting all of our budget into this right and they said right. let's just do whatever the fuck we want my bride's dead he's not dead it was fucking insane. you just got killed by Daddy. a day woo lot of motherfucker <laughs> <laughs> um forgetting sarah marshall is also in here yeah uh and that's another one i feel has too many lulls for a comedy as strong as the comedy is in there mm-hmm. the story itself is just too up and down and i don't love re-watching that movie but again, the funniest shit in that movie is hilarious. Yes. Great stuff. Uh, Bridesmaids I have in here, too. A lot of people have Bridesmaids as an all-timer. Bridesmaids falls into that same category where the third act is not funny at all. There's no comedy in there. But Chris so, O'Dowd's like, in the movie. It's a, di- it's a different movie for me. But did you see Chris, uh, Chris O'Dowd? O'Dowd? You see Chris good, O'Dowd? Good transition. Chris O'Dowd also in Juliet Naked. Juliet Naked, a lot like The King of Staten Island, where... It's a more real personal story with some comedy in there. Rose Burns, Divine, she's in that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I have the King of Staten Island in here in the great category. I think it stands up as if you're just talking the story of the script, it could be the best out of any of these other than the big sick. But it's so hard to rate it against like those all timers because those all timers are all ridiculous movies. And then you have like the big sick, which is a very real story. I have a hard time rating it. And then below that tier, next tier up. These are so this is the middle tier for me, and these are all movies I enjoy, but I don't know if I could actually call them good. We got kicking and screaming. That movie kind of stinks, but I laughed too many times. No, that's a movie that, that I bad. like, and I probably wouldn't recommend to anyone unless they're watching it with their kids. Yeah, like it might be a terrible movie, for all I know. The shit with the juice box, the, but, the jumpsuit alone. There's some good stuff. I there. like it. Yeah, yeah, I enjoy it. Uh, and that goes for the cable guy. That movie kind of stinks, but I like it. Mm-hmm. It's not very good. And I'll say the same thing about Walk Hard. Here's you where you and I differ. You Walk can't Hard reco- no, 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 is no. fantastic. You can't recommend Walk Hard. To I do anyone. all the time. You can't. It's not possible. Wrong brother died. <laughs> I laugh a lot at that movie. I don't know if it's actually good. Get him to the Greek. Dude, sort you of the chopped same up my thing. arm. I can't jerk off my ghost. <laughs> Get him to the Greek. Is pretty hilarious at moments, but also a lot of lulls in there. You know what? The third act of Get Him to the Greek is horribly depressing. Mm, That's true, too. That is true, Literally, it's him sending him to find heroin, and then him (laughs) needing his heroin. (laughs) And then I have two that are more drama-based than comedy. You have the five-year engagement and Trainwreck. Uh, Both movies that I think are actually good, but they lack the comedy of the other ones. Trainwreck's tough because it's it dabbles in both quite a bit. Yeah. And then the bottom two tiers. None of these movies are any good, but these ones are okay. Drill Bit Taylor, it's not good. No. But it's not terrible. Wanderlust, it's okay. It's two fine. funny scenes. Yep. You get two funny uh, Anchorman scenes. Anchorman 2, in comparison my to Anchorman. My dick. <laughs> put, put some my dick in it. My dick. 
<laughs> Paul Rudd saves that movie. That's yeah. why that movie's not terrible. But uh, Anchorman but even two, for, even for having Paul Rudd in it, it's not good. No, it's not good. No, it's not good. Uh, Anchorman two is here because it. There are funny moments in that movie, but you're you shouldn't have made an Anchorman sequel. Like, are it, you talking it, about the theatrical cut or the unrated cut? I don't know. I don't know. No idea. I'm talking about one of the cuts. Okay. Uh, funny people in This Is 40 sort of fall into what laid the groundwork for the King of Staten Island, where he was trying to tell real stories, except those scripts just aren't really any good. They're okay. They're fine. I think This Is They're 40 fine. is horribly uneven, and it pretty much tells three different movies within the movie, and maybe that's what he was going for, because that's how he feels that life is, but... Maybe the first act of the movie is actually pretty funny, and then yeah, after that, it just, kind of just keeps on going. Again, it's so long, Paul, and then I think Paul, Paul Rudd, Rudd goes on a bike ride for a while. Him. Literally, it's like ten minutes of Paul Rudd riding a bike. <laughs> and then the straight up bad movies. Yeah, oh, I thought you were gonna hit the sounder. Oh, again, sorry. So. We might get flagged for uh, that one. That was too long. <laughs> Celtic Pride. That yeah. movie sucks. That movie sucks ass. Yeah. I don't care yeah. if you're a Boston Celtics fan. Fun with Dick and Jane starring Jim Carrey is fucking terrible. That movie mm-hmm. stinks. Year one, one of the biggest disappointments of my whole entire adult I life. was so excited for the Jack Black, Michael Sarah biblical tale. <laughs> Dear God, was that movie terrible. It was so bad. It was so fucking bad. You don't mess with the Zohan. Same thing. One of the worst movies ever put to screen. That movie fucking sucks. Although I that do like that they eat hummus so with their glasses. And also the Zohan, he can do splits. And Mariah yes. Carey's in it. Yes. And Kevin James makes an appearance. Move this one up. Those are those are all things that happen. Move this uh, one up. Pop star never stop, never stop, never stopping. Once again, the only thing funny about that movie is the title. So this That's is it. me and you. We differ here, man. You're <laughs> not going to like my Be- list. I haven't seen Begin Again or Pee Wee's Big Holiday. I don't even know what Begin Again is about. I'm mm-hmm. sure I wouldn't hate Pee Wee's Big Holiday. All right, so those are Mac's tears. Now let's move on to Mac. I think I just created something new. The Sweet 16. Won't do anything from the Sweet 16. Oh, my God, a Sweet 16. This is a countdown of 16 things, Mac. Mainly because I just found my 16 favorite things. and I, just... I was going to say, so you only like 16 Apatow movies. No, I think I only, love, we have the... I only love 16 things. And having so said you that, love, having you said love sixteen of these, having said that, looking at my list, maybe the first five I don't love that much, but they're okay. <laughs> okay, so you're gonna start at sixteen. So at sixteen, I have Undeclared, which is a television show that was on Fox. It literally says Judd Apatow movies on the goddamn screen, and you're talking about Undeclared. Judd Apatow Productions. That's what it should say. Whoever wrote that did it wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Fix that in post, guys. The Ben Stiller Show. Now this is a little raw. I don't even care. The sketches are on mute for the next minute. Sketches are okay. Some of them are hilarious. Some of them don't make any goddamn sense. I'll put it this way. I think there's a good fucking reason why Judd Apatow is making movies and not television anymore. Well, one of his television shows is an all-time show. The reason why he doesn't stands. make television shows anymore is because he doesn't like dealing with the TV studio. My point stands. Bridesmaids at 14. Okay. Yeah, I'm fine with that. The Larry Sanders Show at 13. It's Again, good stuff. Television. Number 12, Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Yeah, I'm good with that, too. At number 11, Heavyweights. That seems too low to me. That seems too low. It is a little low. low. I love Heavyweights. I love Ben Stiller. And the main kid in that movie looks like my brother when he was younger. 
which makes it even funnier. I would argue short of super bad. No, not even short of stepbrothers Mm -hmm. and short of anchorman heavyweights is the most rewatchable on your list. I mean, it's the one that I've watched the most, but there you go. That's a good point by you. At number 10 is walk hard. The Dewey Cox story. I love this. This is such. Now we talk about spoof movies all the time, literally every single week. (laughs) This is one of the best spoof movies of all time. I mean, yes, but again, we sort of talked about this with scary movie. Are spoof movies any good outside of Scary Movie? This and Airplane are both better. And number seven on my list, too. Okay. At number nine is Knocked Up. That seems low as well. That seems low as well. But I'll hear the next date. At number eight is Pop Star Never Stop, Never Stopping. Love it. Give me the music from this movie. Connor for real. That movie's fucking terrible. When a teacher tells you you can't do something, you step up in his face and tell him, fuck off. I don't want your rules. I don't want your life. I love Popstar. I and highly you recommend and you it. You only. I highly recommend it. Everyone go and see it. Enjoy the soundtrack. The soundtrack is bananas. At number seven is The Big Sick. I feel like I'd probably have it quickly looking here. I don't know if I could put it any lower than third or fourth on my list. I do agree with you that it's probably the best human story in there. And, you know, lots of emotional stuff. And Camille found a great way to weave in comedy and not only weave it in, but it's laugh out loud stuff. And the tie in here, obviously, 9-11, the unbelievable 9-11 joke here, Mm -hmm. there. And Pete Davidson's got the other unbelievable 9-11 joke that absolutely fucking killed me. Then at number six is Pineapple Express. I will stand by Pineapple Express. Because I think the first time I saw it, I didn't have the highest of expectations for it. Mm -hmm. And... It got me chuckling, belly laughing several times. I like how unique it is Mm -hmm. and how fucking weird it is. Yeah. I like the Franco Rogan team up. They're really good together. I also love that they flip those two characters because going in, you assume that they'd be the other way around. Right. Right. I thought Um, hurricane season was over. That movie's not rewatchable to me at all. Mm -hmm. And it's not even really quotable. I just quoted it a second ago. Yeah. I I didn't even know what you're talking about. I thought hurricane season was over. That's James Franco. You're a sucker for McBride, though. That's why that's... I also love McBride, too. At number five is Freaks and Geeks. I love that show, but again, it's a show. I've watched that one season, I don't know, ten times. I just don't know how you can weigh the shows and the movies. They're just completely different to me. Let's look at the story of the fucking shows and the movies. Look at my enjoyment while doing it. Look at my enjoyment. I enjoyed the show a little more than Pineapple Express. There you go. (laughs) But not as much as Step Brothers. Step Brothers is not number one for you. It's in my Mount Rushmore. It's at four. Wow. But way too low. I mean, way too low. Mac, we've talked about this with our Will Ferrell movies. I like Anchorman better. So if those are your top two, I'd say fine. Mm-hmm. Fine. But having it at four is a joke. Absolute joke. Mac, your breasts are like bags of sand. The 40 year old virgin is next for me. I don't think I've ever quoted a movie more than the 40 year old virgin. Did you freeze yourself? Oh, no. Mac's gone. At number two, I have Superbad. Superbad was the perfect timing in my life to see that movie. I was 17. I saw it three or four times in theaters, and every time I saw it, I found new things to laugh at. I fucking love Superbad. And then at number one is Anchorman. Anchorman is just, I think, my favorite comedy of all time. Mac, are you there? Can you come back to me? Oh, dear God, I've lost Mac. Let's get into Mac Sack. 
Max at could be anything. It could be a boat. I'm hoping that Mac joins us again. I don't know where he went, if his computer froze, if he decided to leave because Step Brothers was number four on my list. I don't know why that would need to be something to die over. But what we're going to do here in MacSack, we discuss something that you send us online. And what we got this last time, we got a tweet from at Gabe underscore Parsons 83 at Fleetwood JMac at Mac and Goo Podcast. At first glance, which stack would receive more hot dogs? And he sent us this stack of movies and candy. On the left in column A, we have Reese's Pieces followed by VHSs of Liar Liar, Hook, Gremlins, Batman, The Mighty Ducks, A League of Their Own, Jurassic Park, Die Hard, Fright Night, Ghostbusters, The Monster Squad, Nightmare on Elm Street 3, Iron Man, Shawshank Redemption, and The Breakfast Club. And then on side B, we have M&M's, M&M Peanuts as a matter of fact, that's way higher up. The Mask, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, Goodfellas, Back to the Future, The Karate Kid, Ghost, Raiders of the Lost Ark, Lost Boys, Mrs. Doubtfire, Tombstone, The Goonies, Friday the 13th Part 3, Captain America, Halloween, and Stand By Me. So when looking at these lists, first glance, I thought B. I think B looks better. The main reason why would have to be because peanut M&M's, easy as the better of the candies. But then looking at the list, I thought it was B because you have all-timers like Goodfellas, Back to the Future, Raiders of the Lost Ark, Tombstone, and Halloween. I'm here. What'd you just do? What happened? My entire computer froze. <laughs> I couldn't do anything. I, I thought, just shut it off and turn it back I on. I thought out of spite because I put Step Brothers at four, <laughs> you muted yourself and then said, I'm done. And I'm like, okay, shit. I have to do Max Zach by myself. <laughs> <laughs> no, my whole entire computer for us, which is unbelievable. Okay, Max. So I just told everyone the two stacks of movies plus the candy. Yeah. And it's at first glance, which one do you take? And I said at first glance, I did go with B. B by a mile for me. It wasn't but even close. Looking at it again, and I think you got to take the candy out of it because peanut M&Ms are just yeah. so much better than Reese Pieces. Oh, I agree with that. I'm saying the movies are way better in B than A. I don't know because I would take Liar Liar over the mask. I'd take the mask. Okay. I would take Ferris Bueller over Hook, but I also hate Ferris Bueller. I like both movies a lot. That's I don't kind like of Hook. A wash. I don't, a wash I don't like me. Hook that much. Goodfellas is better than Gremlins. Easy. <laughs> well, maybe. Let's hold, you know, let's let's not be too brash. Goodfellas here. for me is like a top like it seven is. movie of all time. It's a 40 dogger. So you're you're yeah. already dealing with a 40 dogger on that side. Then you go with Batman versus Back to the Future. And Back to the Future. Personally, it's Batman for me, but I know it is a better movie. Back to the Future is better. Mighty Ducks versus Karate Kid. Mighty Ducks. I would take Mighty Ducks 2 over Karate Kid. The first Mighty Ducks isn't that great to me. I mean, I like it more than the Karate Kid. I don't really like the Karate Kid. Okay. A League of Their Own or Ghosts? <sighs> a League of Their Own is a great movie, but I never want to watch it again. I watched and it like two weeks ago. I really enjoyed it. I could give a shit about Ghost though. But Ghost that's is, the weakest. That's but, the weakest movie on B. I mean, you can really, you can have a good time with yourself with Ghost. <laughs> but like a when League of Their Own isn't getting me to pick A. If that makes any sense, like mm -hmm. I don't really care that it's there. But Ghost stinks. Jurassic Park versus Raiders of the Lost Ark. That's a really tough one. That's that a really tough one. I would take um, Jurassic Park just for its ground. I mean, Raiders of the Lost Ark is also groundbreaking too. I don't know. Yeah, I'd go with Jurassic that's kind Park. of a wash. Mm -hmm. I don't want to say one way or the other there because I'm not sure. 
I would go with Die Hard over The Lost Boys. I mean, we all know my feelings about Die Hard. I think Die Hard's a, a, a great action movie. Mm-hmm. I don't give a fuck about action movies, so give me The Lost Boys. I would go with Mrs. Doubtfire over Fright Night. Yeah, I'll agree with you there. Ghostbusters over Tombstone. Well, I haven't seen Tombstone, so can't comment, but it might be better. Goonies over Monster Squad. Monster Squad stinks. Um, I would take Friday the 13th 3 over... I'm sorry, I would take Nightmare on Elm Street 3 over Friday the 13th 3. Yeah. Nightmare yeah, 3 I is guess... probably the second best Nightmare movie. I think I would agree with you. I think I would agree with you, yeah. Now, you the that. next two on this list, I would say to throw them out because I don't think they're real VHSs. They're not. No, so we can't even count Iron Man versus Captain America. No. The next one is also very tough. Shawshank and Halloween, two forty doggers. I've seen both movies so many fucking times. A hundred times each. So many times. Yep. But to your point, I think the B side has two forty doggers and the A side only has one for me. You might be right. But I think A has a couple movies and also Breakfast Club versus Stand By Me. Stand By Me is great. I think I like the Breakfast Club better though. That's a tough one. I sort of a wash to me, but if you know James gun to my head, Sean gun to my dick, I probably go Breakfast Club too. No, so Breakfast if, Club actually might be a forty dogger. Okay, I'll, if you're looking you at much. side B, I think you have three forty dog movies. I think you have Goodfellas, Back to the Future, and Halloween. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then maybe Raiders of the Lost Ark too. I don't uh, think that's yeah. forty, but I think it's close. The strength of the top of B is better than any, anything A can give me. No, because A also, I would say, has two 40 dog movies. It's just, it's Shawshank and Jurassic I think Park. You could ar- Shawshank and Jurassic Park, I think. Uh, yeah, I guess. And I think you could argue Breakfast Club. I See, do now, really like Breakfast Club. I think you could but argue. Stand by me is great with I think you could argue in the high 30s on Die Hard and Batman. I don't think you can, but that's just me. So I would take A, but I think what puts B over the edge is the peanut MMs. I'm being dead serious. I'll never eat another Reese's piece in my life. I fucking love peanut M&M's. And here's the whole thing, man. Me and you, we're getting older. We can't just slug candy like we used to. We got to pick and choose when we're eating candy. That's a good point. So when I'm seeing, if I'm seeing peanut M&M's, I'm like, I'm going to eat those. If I'm seeing Reese's Pieces anywhere, I'm not touching those. That's a waste. It's a waste of calories. (laughs) They stink. Just eat regular Reese's. I also want to know where they got those Iron Man and Captain America VHSs. That's... (laughs) A great if those question were for real, me. I, I will, first of all, if it's the original two movies, Iron Man blows it does. Captain America out of the water. But so we're that not, would help. But I a. think we're not counting them. I don't think we can I wouldn't count, count it, no. So what we actually want you guys to do for some Max Sacks moving forward, just take photos of piles of DVDs or movies, send them in, and we'll just do this every single time. Yeah, or simple. even if it's just two movies, like an either or. Yeah. Like, for example, Stand By Me Breakfast Club, something like that. Yeah. Raiders of the Large Talk, Jurassic Park. Give us an either or, and we can fucking debate it in Max Sack here. But try and find a commonality between the two movies, though. Don't yeah. just thematically they should be similar. I think or, or two groundbreaking films, something like that. If they're the same price films. at Target or at Walmart, <laughs> they have to be the same if price. You found them both in the five dollar Best Buy bin. Max Sack also has a review. Let's. Oh, I'll just leave it up. Whatever. That's fine. By the way, what was your number three, number two, and number one? <laughs> Or Apatow. I missed that whole thing. By the way, the conversation that we had earlier, what was yeah, it? That I froze out of. At three, I had the 40-year-old virgin. Okay. At two, I had Superbad. And at one, I had Anchorman. And so I will, bad. I will stand by Superbad for the simple fact, and I think it might just be a me thing, and I'll that's fine, but I saw it when I was 17. I saw it three or four times in theaters, and every time seeing it, something new made me laugh. You talked about things being quotable. 
that might be one of the most quotable movies of all time. I agree. Very quotable. However, two and three are the epitomes of the Apatow lull. Step Brothers does not have it. Okay. That's why Step Brothers has got to be in your top two. But what are you going to do? Should I read this review or no? Do you want? So my top seven, I think all of my top seven made it into your top 11. Yep. And a couple so of your worst movies also did. Yeah. <laughs> so. All right. This comes in from Acid Crams. Five stars. Better than French fried potatoes. Fantastic. Super fantastic. Mega good. Where is my free t-shirt? Well, maybe someday. Great question. Yeah. Great question. Maybe someday, guy. I'm going to turn this screen share off so you guys can't see what I'm looking at. <laughs> and Mac, where can you find us? Uh, you can find us on Twitter and on Instagram at Mac and Goo Podcast. On every other platform, we are Mac ampersand Goo. That's Mac Shift 7 Goo. Includes Facebook, Stitcher, TuneIn, Castbox, Speaker, Google Play, iHeartRadio. The most important platform is iTunes. Get onto iTunes, subscribe to us, rate us, review us five stars. If you do that, we will get you a free t shirt at some point in the next three to eight years. We're not really sure when, but you'll get it. Uh, those T-shirts are from the folks over at Watertown Sportswear. That's Watertown Sportswear on 34 Mott Auburn Street in Watertown, 617 something 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 something. Uh, Watertown Sportswear, expert screen printing and embroidery. Tpublic.com. Buy that stuff before it's taken down. Sometimes I don't even know if it's taken down. It's just gone. <laughs> well, I got my Mac and Goo mask. Oh, that's in my right. Car. Yes. Mm. It's actually comfortable. James Duke says, I've been listening to you guys for more than a year. This is the first time I've seen what you guys look like. It's kind of freaking me out how close <laughs> my mental picture was. Well, well I mean, James, thanks for listening. James, and... thanks for But also, if you look at our logo, it's pretty much us, especially the yeah, new one. The old one true. didn't look anything like you, but the new one kind of does. And you've been a stickler more for what yours looks like animated. I don't really care too much so, about mine. So. I think that much like hashtag dork, so, Keith and Davey, when they're animated, Davey yeah. is really easy to animate, much like me. Well, that's because I think if you just pop a hat on Davey and give him a beard, it looks kind of like yes. Davey. Yes. If you just make me bald with a dumb fucking facial hair, it kind of looks like me. Kind of. You but have not that as stupid floppy-ass hair. I do have stupid floppy-ass hair about. and a mustache. Yes, I have <laughs> a look, whereas Keith never looks like Keith. Keith doesn't really have a defining feature, I would no. say. No. So. He just has a blank Tough slate. To animate him. It's a blank white yeah. slate. That's all it is. <laughs> Um, that'll do it for this week. We don't know what we're going to do next week. It really depends on if anything ever happens ever again. Um, do you plan on watching, uh, Defy Bloods, the Spike Lee joint? Maybe eventually. Actually, I just watched Just Mercy. It was free this weekend. It was great. What is it? So I it's don't know what that Michael is. B. Jordan and Jamie Foxx. And Michael B. Great. Jordan's the lawyer. Yes. Do you have Amazon Prime? I do. Okay. It's free. They put it free so for the weekend. It. Yeah, they put I'll watch it free. It. I'll watch it tonight, maybe. Yeah, they put it free for the weekend because they want everyone to see the story. It's good. Mm. I, oh yeah, because based on a true yeah. story, right? I teared up a little bit. My wife bawled her eyes out, and she doesn't cry at movies. Like she, Michael B. She fucking, fucking lost man. it. Michael B. Jordan Michael was great. B. So, so this was so a 2019 movie. Neither mm. of them got any Oscar nods. The movie didn't get anything Oscar wise. Yeah, I think it was one of those movies that just sort of flew under the radar. It did. Like people were aware of, but no one was. No one wanted to nominate it, I guess. But those two know. were great in the movie. Jamie Foxx was too. Yeah, Jamie Foxx is always good, though. No, sometimes he's terrible, but sometimes I mean, sometimes he's he great. sometimes he overacts when he thinks. I think when he thinks it's a silly movie, he'll overact. Yeah. Like um, when they did the live reads of the Jeffersons and All in the Family, I think he thought that he was able to be as silly as he wants. And he just came off as super annoying. Yeah. Jamie Foxx is kind of annoying. I would say that's what he is. But when he's great, he's truly great. Mm -hmm. So He's a good singer, too. You ever hear that Kanye West song? 
<laughs> so he was uh the story behind that is actually pretty funny. Yeah. Him and Kanye had met at a party and Kanye just sort of invited him over and wanted him to do the course on um was a gold digger, yeah. I think. Mm-hmm. Uh and then like a year later is when Jamie Foxx got Ray. Yeah. So he hadn't even done Ray yet, and Kanye wanted him on a track. And Kanye's That's like, a guy that recognizes talent. Kanye's Kanye. like, can you do that? That exact same. <laughs> can you yeah. do that impression? Yeah, I did. I I've been on a bit of a Kanye kick the last couple of weeks. His first three albums, it's a weird cutoff. Yeah. But if you took his three first three albums and put it up against anyone's three best, I mean, I might even say four. Better. I think four. I, his fourth one's good too. No, fourth one was eight oh eights. I think he has five good ones. Yeah, but I'm saying the first three are like all-time greats. I wouldn't call any of the others all-time greats. 808 is considered a... Actually, twist... I mean, so I do like my beautiful, dark, twisted fantasy, whatever the hell yeah. it's called. But I also think... So maybe six. I think he before. has six great albums. I think he's got three great albums, two or three pretty good ones. My beautiful, dark, twisted fantasy, I think is... I struggle with it because there are great songs on that album, but I also think because it was so successful is why he's kind of spun down into this weird. He's doing whatever he wants because that album was so weird. And I think he stinks now. So I next don't think he's week, good at all. we're going to do a top 10 of Kanye West interludes. <laughs> the sketches in between songs. No, what we should do is top 10 samples. He is the master at sampling old songs. Well, he's, what he's no so, one better, but so he doesn't necessarily ever sample the beat. He samples the singing. Yeah, no, he'll take like three seconds of a hook of a song in like 1972 that mm-hmm. some people are aware of. Yeah. And then the, I think the best part about Kanye songs, and I think it was DJ bean had tweeted this a, a couple of months ago from a song that I even know you hear it. And then when you hear the original, you're like, Oh fuck. Kanye sampled that. Yeah. And you had, you didn't even know it was a song. Um, if you like sampling, check out the band, the avalanche, they do a great job of sampling like 10 songs at once. And it just fits perfectly. But it's not rap music or hip hop. It is hip hop. But oh, but they're a band. The Avalanche is like the producers of it, and then they have hip hop oh, okay, artists gotcha. step in and they gotcha. go over the samples. Gotcha. It's I was great. gonna say I don't know how 2010 maybe gonna work all that well. Yeah. In like for like a rock band. <laughs> <laughs> yes, do that. All right. So um, Tuesdays are Goose Days. I abuse kangaroos. Bye. Please flip the cassette over to side B to continue the adventure.